0: One of the weird things about being a speaker who makes fun of his weight is the people who feel totally fine making fat jokes and yeah. comments oh, to that's me on the road. Weird. Oh,
1: drives me insane! Yeah, it's like when people try to make speech impediment jokes to me. I'm like, yeah, let's not, huh? Do people do that every now and again? Besides just Emily, uh, yeah. Besides my sisters, no, they're the only ones who are allowed to do so.
0: <laughs> What's a typical speech impediment joke you don't want people to say to you on the road?
1: <laughs> How about this? <laughs> Anything at all?
0: Okay, okay, okay.
1: Uh, what what the girls do is, or that anytime it happens, they just start to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Both my sisters just go <laughs> like like
0: that. Man, they are heartless. They yep. are heartless. Yep. Sorry, I got I got so much going wrong. Oh, It's quarantine. Is anyone else done with the quarantine? I think everyone's pretty much done. I think everyone is done.
1: Done with. Come
0: a... now, governors. Send us back to work. Man, do you see what Donald Trump tweeted out or said on Monday? He I can wait. Uh, the, the president of the United States has absolute authority. Yes, that's awesome. To... That's great. <laughs> Hell
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting for it. Anyone <laughs> who takes a 12th grade constitution class knows that's not
0: true. I mean, he was speaking in a specific context, but in the specific context, he was way off. But the problem is there are going to be people who feel like because he's their guy, they have to defend that comment. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. You don't defend that comment. You fight that comment because that comment represents totalitarianism. Always. Oh,
1: Always. everything is awesome. Always. Face. My uh, phone's, um, the face ID barely recognizes my face.
0: Because <laughs> you lost so much weight during the carnivore diet? Yes. The all three
1: days. Man, Good. dude. I got really hungry for meat. Uh, and then I then I had some, and I was like, oh, I don't want this at all. Oh, man. So I guess what you I'm saying poor, is pathetic I bastard. don't
0: really like meat. I, Me and uh, Dave Van Vickel were talking for our uh, the other better podcast, Every Knee Show. And out. then uh, Dave was like, "I'm way
1: more of a man than Luke." And you were like, "No, it's true." He goes, "Yeah, way more." And he has just sat there. We're like,
0: and then we just no. He went like he was talking and he said like I have lost so much weight, but it's all these weird thing my body does." And he was describing it. It was it's really weird. But then he goes, "When you work out, like when you lift weights, are you sore the next day?" And I was like no and he goes i'm never sore and then he lifted up his arm and flexed his bicep luke it was the size of a large uh, toddler his uh, he goes look how huge this is and i'm never sore and i was like this is crazy so we talked carnivore for my catholic evangelization podcast is he doing the uh carnivore diet yeah he hit three month three on easter sunday oh good for him how how's it going for him I mean, he's down, like, 55 pounds, and he's gained, like, 12 pounds of muscle in three months. Dave Van Vickel is more of a man than either of us combined.
1: Uh, just more than you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Mm. Mm. Just saying,
1: mm. out of the two of us, who has more experience in sports? Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, who Who did the carnivore diet for more than a minute? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Last week, Luke did about an 18-minute interview with a friend of ours, Mark Pirro, from Vagabond Missions. Vagabond Missions has been serving teenagers in the inner city for years. Both Luke and I are personal friends with many people in the leadership positions of Vagabond Missions, and we absolutely love this ministry. If you have ever thought about giving up a year of your life in service to the poor, this is the place where you can go. Why? More than anything else, they invest in the training of their missionaries. They spend a lot of time equipping you with monthly spiritual direction, retreats, all sorts of stuff to equip you to be in the inner city and to bring the light of the gospel. This is social justice meets the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't ignore the one for the sake of the other. So if you've ever had a a stirring in your heart to consider giving a year of your life to serve the poor you can find out more information at vagabondmissions.com/apply vagabond missions is christ centered driven to mission and are creators of community and in an age of isolation neglect and brokenness community rooted in christ it's what sustains hope in the midst of tribulation i want to thank vagabond missions for supporting the show, check them out today at VagabondMissions.com apply. Man, thousands, thousands of men in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice uh, prisons are full of COVID, my oh, friend. Oh, no, COVID. no, no, the no. The corrections officers, the inmates, it's all, uh, it's all bad news bears, my friend. Well, hey, alcohol helps. Oh man. Uh, so I lost my, I lost my shiz for two days in a row. I was going crazy. I saw your, all the text messages. We were all, we're a little bit worried. Oh no, you should have been a lot of bit worried. I'm, I, I can honestly say I am depressed. Like this thing has depressed me and I don't want, I mean like I'm just done. I'm just done. And so my wife is like, you know what you need to do? Get in your car and just go for a drive. So I got in my car, and I turned on Stained. Oh, no. You weren't kidding about that. <laughs> man, it went... You I, it weren't kidding about cuts, that.
1: Oh, man. I'm
0: on oh, the gosh. outside, and I'm looking... You know, in. you
1: are such an upper-middle-class, suburban white you, male from the early 2000s. See
0: to the real you. Because <laughs> you're, you're the... <laughs> inside, you're ugly, ugly like You were one of those
1: kids in high school who like, my life is hard. Anyways, back to my parents' six-bedroom house.
0: Uh five bedroom house.
1: <laughs> and
0: you could get lost in there.
1: <laughs> One time
0: I got lost in our walk in closets. Luke, I didn't have caviar for a day. A day. Day. Oh so you so you were not kidding about
1: the stain. I mean, I kind of knew that how much of stain did you actually oh listen to.
0: Uh it's been a while. outside And then I switched it over to Deftones. The
1: greatest. Okay, I get that. I like me some early.
0: Deftones. Early Deftones, the greatest of all songs is uh, Root. How does that go? Well, it's the guitar in the beginning. I mean, you can't really sing a deaf tone song. Song, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, one cannot uh, be told about the Deftones. tones. One, no must, one experience must experience the, the deaf tones.
1: They were kind of one of those weird, like, rap, rock, artsy.
0: Group. New metal, yeah. New all metal
1: that like everyone was like, oh, yeah, no, they're good.
0: Yeah, they're the thing.
1: They they're get the, it. yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're the ones that like if you, everyone liked a uh, Deftones. You can, like, I generally, I generally disdain things that are called new, new metal. metal. <laughs> Is a Project lot. 86 new metal? Some people would call them that. I, I thought they were more postmodern hardcore, but I think now they're probably more of a new metal thing. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, uh, I know, I know, I know.
0: And he but said, I, I'm pretentious. Listen to them, people. But I never would have viewed them
1: as like, but I would never put them in, this, in the same vein as Tool or... Um, Limp Biscuit, Slipknot or Limp Biscuit. No, no, Corn? not at
0: all. Corn.
1: No, not at all. Not mm-hmm. at all. No, because they yeah. they had a weird. I mean, you could say maybe corn, but Project '86 had this weird kind of overlap with like just this. They were very unique and interesting. Unique this, New York, New York. You, they had very cool tones, and they had this like the way that Andrew Schwab, the way that he sang. Yeah, he had a cadence that was like an East Coast rapper,
0: mm-hmm. especially on their while, first album. while doing
1: screamo. Not screamo, but while, I mean, it was like, it was kind of rap rock. I mean, their first album is straight up rap rock, yeah. kind of.
0: Yeah. But then album two is I'm not like, at I'm all. I like what you just said. It was straight up rap rock, kind of.
1: <laughs> well, no, up. but I mean, like, but in their kind own of. style, like it's yeah, their, yeah. tra- they're trying to rip off oh. a Rage Against the Machine with an East Coast rap style to find yeah. their kind of a thing. And then they like kind of like um, mix this like Orange County hardcore uh, with it. and it just is this really cool new i i i think drawing drawing black lines is the greatest hard christian rock album ever made from from top to bottom it is the mm. best there is especially um, one Time 7 their anti catholic song that was a free do you remember when i asked him about that on 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 his reddit ama back in 2014 i was like hey was that Was that um, anti-Catholic? He goes, oh, yeah, absolutely. I was kind of in the weird, like, (laughs) anti-Catholic phase. I guess he is Catholic. He was a baptized Catholic.
0: Oh, but then he got saved.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Then he took up a
0: leadership position within Protestant Christianity at the age of 17. Why? Because he was a musician who brought in money. A religion for the sake of religion. But so, I mean, okay, we've never really <laughs> talked a lot about
1: Project 86, all of, all of that Oh, much. no,
0: we haven't. No, Their we haven't.
1: early stuff, like when, when, when darkness reigns, do you yeah. remember that song? Yeah. Like, for this is the hour? Like, oh, bu- darkness bu- reigns. Rains. Yeah. For this is the hour. Bum, bum. Face first to the earth. around so the So, and then Steins for, theme, yeah. nothing better. There, that is the great, that is top five best Christian rock songs
0: ever. If you ever. are going to a uh, march for life, and you want to get psyched up but nonviolent, you've listened to Steins theme because I think it was written and I think it was first performed at when Rock for Life was like huge. I think that was when that uh, song, I, th- I think that was what that song was made for. You hate us because we'll never go away. You and I'm like some sort of fungus
1: where I'm growing every day. Our, our, knuckles, our knuckles aren't, knuckles aren't dragging. Are
0: dragging. So I guess that leaves to say our message isn't stopping until you drag us all away. Doesn't that sound like a march for life or a rock yeah. for life? Like he goes, you're late all late
1: disassociated youth. Yeah, yeah he
0: lived- like a like a late 90s protest from a Christian oh, perspective. Totally.
1: but it's like and, and here's, here's but the it's thing. legit it's cool. it is like one of those it's one of those um, Christian um, rock songs that you play it for anyone they go oh that's actually really really good
0: yeah and it they was.
1: got they got huge so you don't for really seven uh, minutes. remember this <laughs> cuz you well like, you weren't into this stuff back in like 2000 in 2000 they were the shit they were like the christian band that people were, like oh this is the next
0: P like POD. Yeah, P-O-D. This yeah. is the next. Like this is. They the next are one. the Bob Saget of Christian rock. <laughs> <laughs> they are the jars of clay of Christian rock.
1: Well, it was funny because I remember there was such hype about them because their guy had like yeah. an afro and they had a real like late. I mean, <laughs> their album Drawing Black Lines. If I can Gross. tell you, this is what 1999. was like, it looks yeah. like 1999.
0: Yeah, like
1: yeah. straight up, that is 19 <laughs> nineteen nineteen. I'm um, ninety nine, uh, and I remember seeing them play there. with the OC Supertones, and I walked in. We were we were like a terrible we band, a bit late. Um, the OC of Supertones' first three albums are fantastic. Terrible, so watch your mouth. Terrible, <laughs> album two is uh, no, no 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 no. Sorry, no, no, look, I look. distracted no. you. Keep going. No, no, tell no, the no, 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 Tell no, the story. No. Uh, Supertones <laughs> Strike Back is a wonderful album. So, anyways, I'm gonna ignore that you said that. <laughs> uh, I remember going in there and seeing Project 86 playing, and you could just hear this like, brawr, brawr, like just this huge like bass and and like and guitar sound, and going and going in there and being like, "What the hell is this?" Like they were just in, it was just this heavy and like loud and intense, and there was this energy about them that was so cool. And then I remember, and it just got like grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And grew. And then, so they got signed, and then they, you know, so they're ha- they're about to make the next big Christian album. And th- the year before that was when Pod did um, had like Satellite, that was just everywhere.
0: It's a satellite.
1: No, I, I, I'm sorry, it was the same year, or it was over the summer. I don't remember exactly. No one cares. And they created this album that is really, really good, but it was a concept album, and it just yeah. like they spent half Truthless their record. Yeah. They yeah. spent half a million dollars on that album. <laughs> That's how much cuz they were signed by Atlantic Records. Oh. Half a million dollars. And it sold a fraction of what Drawing Black Lines sold. Yeah. It was a hard CD to like. Well, cuz it I uh, loved it, but it was no, hard it's, to it's, like. But it's it's like cuz if you, if if you look at Drawing if you look at a Drawing Black Lines, yeah. it's a very accessible hard album. Yeah. You're like, like it's oh, good. this it's is the type of deep. music
0: I like. I can hop into song one, song two, song three. They kind of stand alone as good songs.
1: Yeah, and it's like they're all like um deep songs, yeah. but they're not like so deep you have to sit and I'm gonna think with they're them They're Not bit. Machine Head by Bush. No, 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 no. No, but like no, but you know, but but like they're not I mean, yeah. like they're like problem deepest song is a song that's you know, anti porn. That's great. And it just ends with a girl in um, in, um, Japanese speaking, like, a thing about how, like, you are um, using her and stuff. And it's, like, cool, but it's not, like, it's not, it's not, it's not, not, like, me with value thing where it's, like, holy crap, you just quoted Bob Dylan, Kicker Guard, and the Doors, and then the Gospel, (laughs) and you made them all fit. Yeah. It's not that, you know?
0: It's, um... Still accessible by a more popular. It's audience.
1: like yeah, it's like it was it was like a college English like English major compared to a grad <laughs> school English major, <laughs> you know. And they make and they come out with Truthless Heroes, which was just n- this inaccessible mm-hmm. concept album that is really really good. Like I think it's better than Drawing Black Lines. I think it's a masterpiece actually.
0: Yeah, it's awesome.
1: But it just was just told, and they just. They dropped I mean, it, it was it kind of bummed me out because they were my. Do you remember how much I loved them? Yeah, yeah. They were awesome. Yeah. They were my favorite. They were they were like them and Five Iron. That was my jam.
0: Yeah. So I was listening to Deftones.
1: Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> hey, back to Project '86.
0: <laughs> no, I was. I so I was listening. This. I was listening to Deftones, and I was driving, and I went and I bought two alcoholic beverages and three Topo Chicos. Uh, which is mineral water that 's been carbonated that is as smooth as silk, and I go home and I look at my wife and I say, "Daddy needs this tonight, and I pull out my two alcoholic beverages. Luke, can I tell you what it was uh
1: yes, go ahead and tell me
0: two of those you know tall boy construction worker alcohol consumption cans oh you know?
1: my man, you 're going straight up
0: college f- yeah f- for this one Bud light seltzer, oh. one was strawberry, the other was black cherry. Oh, it was. They taste Bud Light. Listen, let me let me give you some pro tips. Back off the artificial flavoring. You just want to da- You want to do a hint of a hint. You don't want it to taste like you're drinking a strawberry margarita. You want it to taste like you're drinking seltzer water with a little bit of kick. But no, if you're drinking Bud
1: Light, you're not drinking Bud Light for the taste. Let's
0: be clear here. Yeah, no, it was accessible. Unlike. Truthless Heroes by Project 86. It was accessible alcohol. And I went, and I, I think they cost me combined a nickel for 50 ounces of alcohol. And we watched two episodes of Parkinson Wreck. and I, it took me one episode each to finish them, because I haven't really been drinking for a while. And uh, I finished it, and I was in a much better mood. And my wife looked at me, and she said, you look happy. And I said, I'm about to be... I'm about to be, and then we went home, or then we went to bed, and I slept like a rock, and I woke up ready to fight. It was good. It was glorious. Aww. I hit the big old reset button on my life, and then we kicked it back out. It was. Good. You got to do that. You i
1: I honestly think like I've had to. Um, I should probably. You know what I. You know what I really. I um, need to do. I need to go on What's a that? drive and just drive around down. Drive and walk around downtown out in Cincinnati. Are you allowed I'd, to? Uh, I think
0: so. Yeah,
1: I think, yes, in in, in Ohio, you can go on a walk. You just have to stay apart.
0: Yeah, and my, oh, oh, speaking of stay apart, so I go out on a walk today. So that's been my thing is uh, today was perfect. I woke up at like maybe 645. I went downstairs, which is usually, it's a little bit late for me, but not with this whole thing. I just sleep in. Um, I went downstairs. I made my coffee. I grabbed my Bible. My kids come down at 7 o'clock. I say, you guys, today's Easter Monday. It's the day off. You can watch a show. So they put on my son Thomas, whenever he gets a TV show, watches Lego Ninjago cartoons in Spanish. We don't know why. <laughs> we have no idea why. He <laughs> thinks it's hilarious and he loves it. He's he like, ha, ha, loves it. Other cultures are funny. <laughs> <laughs> this dub is awesome. Um and I went out and I pulled uh we have our, our back porch chairs, you know, like deck chairs. I put it in my garage. That's where the sun comes in when the sunrise rate right at 715. I am out there. It's cold. All the terrible, you know, tornadoes in the east is bringing this cold front down into Texas. It dropped, like, 20 degrees overnight, and it's like the sun's hitting me. I read all of Galatians. It was beautiful. I spent a whole hour out there while the babysitter, known as the television, watched my uh, parents' grandkids for me. Justin, do what you got to do right now. Do what you got to do. Yeah. And it was awesome. And I I actually have been intentionally doing what you said last week, which is having your introverted moments. And I realized, like, I I really have to safeguard that for my wife. So I recorded with Dave Van Vickle today at 930. So at, like, 9, she came out of her room. But up until then, it was like quarantine zone. Leave my wife alone. You know, let's all just stay down here and do whatever. So it uh, it it was great. Today got started off much better, much better way. It was good. And now the kids are back in school tomorrow, so. Do you think cool. this is going to hurt kids at all? So I was listening to a doctor yesterday talk about this, and <laughs> he he was saying he wants everyone he wants the economy back. He has done. Like social distancing is actually going to make this worse. So there, here's the, here's my problem with coronavirus discussion right now. So the left has taken a very hardcore stance on social distancing. We should have done everything that we're doing now you know, two weeks earlier, three weeks earlier. We're well behind, you know, blah, blah, blah. And how dare you, everyone, stay inside, don't go out. But then there is the, and then you have certain people on the right who are like, screw all this, get the. we're committing economic suicide, we're destroying trillions of dollars worth of wealth and all this stuff. And then you have this interesting group, they're not quite left, not quite right, who are doctors, who are experts in infectious disease as well. And they are saying the exact opposite of Fauci and the CDC and all these other people. They're saying we need to expose ourselves to the virus. We need to build up the antibodies. We need to build up the resistance. And it, it and it burns itself out by uh, you know twenty percent of the population becoming uninfectable, and then the disease will just naturally die off. What we're actually doing by not. Going full China by forbidding everyone to go to the grocery store, by not doing that, we're going to have, we're prolonging wave one and we're going to make wave two and three last. So they're like, like this. I mean, I've heard many people say this. So I'm watching this. How many people? Yeah, like, I mean, like there's, well, I mean, I watched a handful of videos, so these, (laughs) but these are, (laughs) I
1: know, I know, I know, I I just wanted to hear you say it.
0: Well, it's funny, no, like you're hearing, like, what I'm hearing is a chorus of people who are not in the same like political camp, but who are medical professionals? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who are saying like, the same? And they're not all Americans. I'm listening you've to heurt,
1: you've heard more than you've heard it more than yeah. on one person. Yeah, yeah, which which I think is valid. Like, yeah, but other yeah.
0: people are saying like you know like there's there's op eds being written for all these different magazines and newspapers and stuff, and they're like, this is wrong. What we are doing is making it worse. Either put us under martial law and aim guns at our front doors so we physically can't leave. Or we are making this a 12-month ordeal instead of a two-month ordeal, like the influenza. And they're like, yeah, it it, it will kill people 70 and older more than the flu will. But – and so you just hear these contradictory information. It's like, but at least people can feed their families. At least we're not crippling our – job. and I'm like, you know, I don't even know anymore. I honestly – I have no – That's how I feel.
1: I I don't know. I, yeah. I don't, yeah. I, yeah, because it's like, I, I agree. There is this element of, um, you know, I think we all probably got about another, like, basically the end of April. Once April is done, if there's not a plan, I think people are going to start going ape shit. Like, I don't and I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, and like, I, you know, I remember I was um, at a really good chat with Uncle Wade about all this. By the way, he, he says we're that we are wrong about the apple chips, but that's a whole other uh, um About episode. what? Uh, they're not going to go to the Intel chips or whatever. I don't know exactly what he said. Yeah. (laughs) He said that that's not possible. So I was like, Um, it's not
0: possible for them to go to arm.
1: Yeah. There are specific like iOS chips or something. I don't, I don't remember exactly.
0: Interesting. Um, Let's get weighed on here.
1: I I know. I'm just saying (laughs) out, out of anyone he would probably know. So, um, yeah, no kidding. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, you're much smarter than me." Uh, no, but uh, so, anyways, uh, we were i talking about it, and I, I just like you know saying, "Hey, like the, the economic consequences of this could be, you know we're we're, um, we're we we are talking like the end of 2021 for this yeah. to kind of like yeah. you know come out of this." And I and I now what that um, looks like, I don't I you know don't know is is that when we are normal again? Is that you know? But it just, like, we do need to come up with some sort of a plan because I think for the most part, everyone right now is still, that I talk to, is still in, like, hey, we are, I'm doing this thing. But, like, hey, this is going to help. Right? <laughs> and <laughs> I think there's, like, two more weeks or so of, of it being, like, right before <laughs> yeah. people are, like, okay, I got to, like, because it you need, and this is what I think is very um interesting about this. I do think this is going to really change how we work. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up.
0: Yeah, I don't on. think
1: all of us are going to be working from home.
0: No, I think we'll
1: probably be working from home. You know, one to two days a week, possibly here and there, because we need human interaction. Like you can't just you're we aren't yeah. robots you know like some like some people can they can just you know um work from home and they are fine but i think that's the exception not the rule we need yeah. human interaction and um i wouldn't be surprised if down the road we see a thing where it is the norm to go into the office one to two times a week if not you know like like that we're, we are there's some type of a mix between going home besides being home and um uh, and being in some sort of office. Yeah. So masses are canceled almost everywhere. That's awesome. It's a period of self-quarantine. That's awesome. It's really not. And your parishioners, if if you work out a parish, which a lot of you do, why did you do that? So your parishioners are going to congregate somewhere. And they are already gathering on your parish 's Facebook page, Catholic social media took, took a look at their subscribing parishes and here 's what they saw last week. so this is in real time last week eight hundred and thirty four percent rise in people i 'm looking at parish facebook pages that 's insane one hundred and sixty two percent increase in how many people those parishes were reaching that 's insane a four hundred and two percent increase in people liking. Clicking and sharing content from those parishes I'm amazed people saw things from parishes that, that, that they wanted to share that's incredible you need to be posting and engaging your parishioners online like yesterday Catholic on social media can help with unbranded gorgeous posts on like the ugly crap that you're putting out there because you don't have enough time to do that. And you probably aren't trained how to do that and that's not your fault so what Catholic on social media can do is help you with unbranded gorgeous posts that connect to what's going on in the, in the world right now it will help you keep community alive help you take prayer for Requests and serve as your daily post structure on which you can do your live streams, your outreach, and so on. (laughs) This is awesome use the code, GOMER WAS WRONG. That's GOMER WAS WRONG to get four weeks of free content and the help of a world-class team at Catholic Social Media. Let me just repeat this one more time. GOMER WAS WRONG to get four weeks of free content and the help of a world-class team at Catholic Social Media. Again, one more time for the old people and the back and God bless you all. You are in our thoughts and prayers. GOMER WAS WRONG to get four weeks of free content and the help of a world-class team at Catholic Social Media. Thank you once again to, to Catholic. On the social Media for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes, which is kind of a cluster, but we're working on it.
0: So uh, one of my favorites and one of the episodes that we did that was uh, wildly successful was Deep Work by Cal Newport. Remember when we did mm. the whole Deep Work thing? That was thing? fun. That's I love that book. So me and Aaron
1: still talk about, about that book a lot.
0: Yeah, it's phenomenal, and for those of you who don't know, Cal Newport has studied the way people study, and so he's written a bunch of books on like education, and now he, um, he's a computer science professor who writes about, uh, I'll just read his thing, it says, the intersection of digital technology and culture, especially with um, how the I deployment of these technologies subvert the things we care about. And so his whole idea of deep work is, in order to actually do deep meaningful work, we have to have uninterrupted, large chunks of uninterrupted time. And yet, in our digital tools culture, we have email that dings us every you know 10 seconds, you have Slack notifications, you have text messages, group text, Zoom meetings, and he wrote um, let me see uh, task inflation and inbox capture on unexpected side effects of enforced telework. And he, he was talking about how um, like everyone hates, you know, the 10 million conference room meetings and all that stuff. But the thing that was I don't. great, not
1: <laughs> I, <yeah>. I, <laughs> I love meeting so
0: much. <laughs> <laughs> I do. too. I remember one time uh, one of my one of my bosses at a parish said, uh, all right, now enough yak and let's get back to work. And I put my hand on his shoulder like in a really pissed off way. And I said, that was work. And he was like, okay, okay. And then I took the back of his head and I smashed it into my door. And (laughs) I I stood over his lifeless body and said, oh, Doyle rules. (laughs) Um, But no, so his whole thing is like there are things that happen in the day, like the conference room meetings, blah, 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 face-to-face, the arm over the shoulder. Hey, can I talk to you about something real quick? And they talk about how so many of our tasks by our bosses and managers and stuff are given to us in such a – uh, what what does he say? It's uh, where <clears> – <throat> uh, let me just use it. Obligations arise haphazardly. There's so much informality with the assignment of work tasks, you know, and things aren't like – he says uh, you get an um, impromptu request during a meeting. If you ask for specific workloads and enumerate the obligation, most managers would struggle in saying like, well, you know, I think you guys can get this going – and he said, that, that's a problem, and that happens all the time, and that prevents deep work. He said, but the friction of human interaction slows stupid stuff like that down. And he says, and now the fact that email has is so low friction, and Slack and Skype and Zoom, they're so low friction. He said, what we are going to find is we are going to find a ton of remote workers who are burdened with even more tasks with even less clarity and feel like they're just spinning their wheels. So he says. That's what? interesting. And his whole thing is. Now that we don't have to drive to work. Drive back home from work. People are going to find that they're actually going to end up working more hours. Not less. Not like I'm, I, you know, I got to leave the house by 8 to get there by 9. And now it's I'm clickety clacking on my computer at 8. Because I go to go through all these emails and tasks and things to get my head on straight. About what I'm supposed to do today. And he says it's going to be even worse. I don't know if I agree with that. I think that's going to depend on your manager. Right. And so he actually spells out how to avoid this. Um, I mean, not not in super detail. He says, um, what's the solution to this particular issue? Knowledge work organizations might have to finally get more formal about how tasks are identified. And one guy in the comment section says, you know, there are a lot of tools in the tech industry that we use all the time—that is specific project management tools—and so few people actually spend time with these tools outside of the tech industry. And he he agrees with that. Um, what no, and, and I th- I mean like I can I can I understand what
1: he's saying in the, in yeah. the sense of if you're creating work because you don't know like really what else to do, right? So like one of the great things about being out at the Archdiocese here in um, the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. I can say it. <laughs> Suck it. Um, you have a lot of P and G people who want to help out. And so I feel like I've gotten, I mean, I've actually been to their headquarters for a bit. I had a really great meeting in this cool white room that was like soundproof. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> But uh, – and I've gotten I've, like a pretty decent insight into how, P, how P&G works. You have different people who work with them who then would consult uh, with us or, you know, all the – and they do this really amazing thing there where you're – and I mean this is true. I mean, people people um, talk about this a lot, but they actually um, do it there. If you're on the bottom of the, you know, quote-unquote totem pole, which isn't really that like – at, a, at a, it really isn't I'm that far down there you can you can trace what you do to the ceo yeah like i'm doing on um, this because of that because of this because of this because this is what the ceo wants because this this is this is this is i mean they can the actually, boss sets the tone i mean 100 percent. they can put that on paper and you can see that everything they have such alignment there it's Kind of beautiful and scary. I mean, it is it is amazing what they're all able to do. I think at with a place like that where you you know have a system and you have really great leadership there. Like, um, one thing there that I always heard about was everyone's always trying to help everyone out. Yeah. So you're helping the person under like underneath you. You're being helped by the person. That is above you, and you're helping everyone that is on like on the same level, level as you as well. Yeah. And everyone's trying to help everyone, not really like only being 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 like good at like what they do, but actually being better. And I think at a place like that where that is the culture, you're not going to have that stuff going on. Yeah, but when you have poor leadership, when you have um, undefined. Like, if you don't know, like, where you're going or why you're doing it, I don't even mean objectives. I just mean, like, clear, like, if you don't have a plan or you don't have, like, a reason for your for your work, then it's just going to be a whole bunch of random stuff. Because I've seen that there's stuff that I do that I can, I'm like, well, wow, I can do this all in three to four hours. And then that um, leaves, you know, this this, like, other time for other cool, fun stuff that I want to do. Yeah. But um, no, sorry, that's I I don't don't know where I'm going with that. But I I think I I think he's got a point. But I think it depends on the organization that you work for, the culture and the and the leadership there.
0: Yeah, I think one of the big things that you're looking at is it's remote work for people who were never remote workers. And so the tool it was like, here's a company laptop. Like good and your office three sixty five account like good luck mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people don't we you know like a lot of like computer science or uh computer tech people who do remote work and you know and that's part of the culture you know there's a lot of Facebook employees who work at facebook's headquarters, but a lot who work all around the world mm-hmm. um, you know Apple famously hates the you know, the remote worker kind of thing, because they don't think they can uh, enculturate it well enough, uh, their employees. So when you have that perspective, when people aren't in a culture that accepts remote work, a lot of crazy things can happen. And I just keep thinking of like, you know, you go from Slack to email to, you know, um, these Zoom meetings or meeting or whatever it might be we better be razor sharp with like our expectations. And I think we also need to yeah. start. Yeah. We And I think this can be a good thing. It can show us that we need to be razor sharp. Or if companies inculcate a, a whole thing of fear, you're not going to want to tell your boss that they're giving you half information in order to do these tasks and you're all going to be spinning your wheels and the company's going to hurt even more that's also a part of the culture where you're too afraid to say i don't think this is working for our employees you know i don't know yeah yeah i i think it it's some weird wild stuff what
1: what's going on? Something wacky? Uh, no, I I was having some like weird like audio issues. They just asked me if I wanted to be paired with my with my um, AirPods, and I was like, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> Dear God, no, no, no. But um, I think you're being... like what am I what am I trying to say here? Something sensual. Do you? We all agree that a work week. His forty hours, right, yeah, like it's kind of become like the standard thing like like this yeah. now that like now people obviously go go over that, but I've met some pretty high up individuals who have said you don't really need to go for the most part much higher um than let's say like a little in like fifties mm. Mm-hmm. That there's not like if if that if you're going over that you are um, misusing your time somehow. Now there yeah, are and, certain now, and you're gonna
0: get diminishing returns. Returns. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Now
1: there are exceptions to that rule. One is, and this is a thing that like why if I would ever become a like school like president, it's a um, conversation that me the, like me Aaron and like you to be honest have to have. Yeah, because that's eighty hours a week at times, and then twenty hours a week o- over the summer. You know, it's, it's just one of those jobs where you have certain times a year where you're going to be you're going to be in the office for up to like 12 to um, 20 hours a day because of certain like it, I mean, it's gotten that bad with certain people and certain things. And so and now that's the exception.
0: <laughs> you're going to have to have a long conversation with Aaron and me, your other wife. But it's true, though, because if, yeah. if like I were to take that job, that would make it very,
1: very hard to do this. You know, and and I don't, and that's actually been like one thing that has actually stopped me from actually applying to jobs like that. So, um, you're welcome, baby boo. <laughs> oh, Billy! Um, <laughs> I've heard that movie is underrated. Are you talking about uh, Billy Madison? I'm talking about Cable Guy. Oh, Billy! Yeah, I like Cable Guy. Oh, Billy! Yeah, I. Uh, it was uh, written by Judd. It's actually one of the early. Judd Apatow films but it was Jim Carrey in a dark comedy everyone lost their mind during that yeah so no but my my I point is it. like um they're very like oh, shit I had a good point like are if can we become more clear about what we're act, like and I I think for different catholic nonprofits and parishes and on my diocese and whatever we are addicted that the work week has to be like 40 hours and if you can do what you do in 20 to 30 hours and carry a really big punch why not just be
0: happy with that you know it's funny because in france the i think it's 35 and i think it in in a lot of jobs it becomes illegal to ask for like you in america you do like overtime If you are an hourly employee, you get pay and a half. And overtime pay was a concession that they made with the unions in order to give people more money for a job that needs to go longer. But once you get salaried, then a lot of those hourly protections go away and you could really rack up the hours. And uh, famously, Elon Musk, I don't know if you know this, he um, wrote the software for um, PayPal. And uh, he had one thing right before PayPal, I can't remember, e-something, and he was coding it, him and his, I think his brother, and they were like sleeping on a couch in someone's house or something, and they would just work 80, 90 hours a week. And he had this line, he said, well, if your competition is working 40 hours a week and you work 80 80 hours a week, you're going to get twice as much work done. Like, you're going to be done better and quicker than them. And a lot of experts have pushed back from that, being like, "No, you you might get ten more hours of better work, but there you hit this threshold. And some people might be naturally gifted to go beyond that, but the, there is a human threshold that you're going to get diminishing returns. Like if you work eighty hours a week, you can't work you know a hundred and you know thirty hours a week and expect to get you know even more gains." Because the, you'll just diminish because your health will suffer. Your mental abilities will suffer. And so a lot of that, um, the, kind of the, the argument is, you know, you need to make sure we're compensating people appropriately when they're working more hours. But Americans who are salaried workers have a compensation called vacation. And they don't take it. Americans are, of all the the modern Western nations, we take vacation the least of any other country because we have this ethos of hard work means never taking a vacation and i know i mean like there are people like oh yeah my dad he never never took a vacation never had a day off you know worked until he died at the factory which was at the age of 30 um <laughs> <laughs> you love my old man. watch he <laughs> gotta, gotta watch cancer and sadness um a lot of things in the atmosphere but, but boy uh, did he love bowling So I sat down with my employees and I said, look at your calendar. Look at your personal days, your sick days, and uh, your vacation days. Now, sick days, we don't roll them all into one. We space them out. So don't lie, right? You're not here to lie and be like, oh, I'm so sick. Like, no one wants you to do that. But if your kid is sick, take a sick day so you can be at home with your kid. You know, what if your kid really needs you and it's too sick to call because they're nauseous or they get dizzy and collapse? Like, take a sick day. That's what they're there for. And I told them, like, I want you to take every hour of your vacation days. You know, and we do it in, I, I don't know what it is, like half day increments, you know, four hours or eight hours. And that's what you want them to do. Like, we need to be doing this, right? Like, it's important for our own mental health. That's actually why our diocese gives us vacation days sick days and then personal days because they want you to have like mental health days like i just i need to take a day or they want you know if you have it's so fun because we also get all the catholic holidays off it sure is yeah thank you oh man i know I, i don't know i just think it's so important i really do
1: well i i just i don't think we need to take we have this weird like this is one of the things that's so interesting about uh about america it's like we have this like german um work ethic without any of the german efficiency to make it (laughs) worth it (laughs) you know so like one thing out there like that that they'll say and this is why i love sports because it is reflected in their football is why the german game like why it works and why they have this efficiency in their soccer game yeah, is um. Sorry, <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts where they call it football, so I'm just I'm so used to it. I'm a I'm a Euro douchebag. I'm a Euro snob. Um, you didn't even have to say Euro. <laughs> it's true. Um, like they're so like like. Why does the autobahn work there?
0: Because people obey the rules and hitler enslaved a lot of germans <laughs> in yes. so like they go so like this is mein what we führer, have to do <laughs> i work with shovels and pickaxes my führer <laughs> yet no no money my führer <laughs> true story All right. literally uh, there is a letter from a worker to the führer that was preserved and he was like you will never believe these working conditions they're appalling and we don't even have modern tools we have pickaxes and shovels and here we are, my fear, if you would just... See, they haven't even paid us in two months. And Hitler's like, don't know, don't care, just build my road. Volkswagen. <laughs> oh, man. What a... Yeah, <laughs> seriously.
1: BMW. Hooray! Porsche. Um, uh, all the cool stuff. Um, but yeah, you no, know, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, like the, it, you they know, are it, a
0: rule-abiding... But,
1: like, we're not.
0: No. We are, we are like, rebellious people.
1: Like... One of the like, there's this quote. I think it's from either the English <laughs> or the Russians, where they say one of the reasons why like like America wins wars is that like war is chaos, and that and like and that like the American army practices chaos every day. <laughs> it's just like we don't follow rules. It's actually in a Russian field manual. About when you, if you have to like fight Americans, like be careful. They don't follow rules. Like they're just wild and sporadic, and like we're just crazy. Yeah. And so, um, like, and we see it in our sports. Like we run fast. We we like try hard. That's us. Like that's all we. Like what do we want? Out of, you know, like (laughs) athletes, not this like crazy skill. We don't want to see tactical acumen. We want to see people try their
0: fucking hardest. Right. We went went every (laughs) one. Yeah. Yeah. We we want every kick to be the most amazing kick. We care
1: like way more about them going. That guy just gave everything that he had. And that's what counts. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's not how other countries are like, what? No, not at
0: all. (laughs) 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 That is funny. That is so, to- I mean, the rebel, the cowboy, the revolutionary. Yeah, totally. You know, left and right, that uh, both sides. Like, you know, you had the white, right-wing revolt against the Republican Party, and what did they assume? They call themselves the Tea Party, right? Like, we're going to throw all you people overboard, you rhinos, you Republican in name only. Like, that. everyone thinks they're revolutionary. You know, that's why they call libertarians the, uh, what is it, the the white man's anarchy or something like that or the middle class anarchist or something like that but like it's funny every american we all are the lone ranger the rebel the and like um, what's yeah. the big, what's one of the
1: biggest status on those symbols that we have is that we like come home and we look exhausted yeah like we yeah. are way more willing to say like it's ingrained in our dna to, if we see a person who comes home from work and they just look so um drained to go that guy did a good thing today. Yeah. We don't know. They could have been like uh, murdering babies. You know, we have no idea. But we see them looking so tired. We're like, oh, good for
0: you. Yeah. You work so. You know, like I honestly think. I like, mean, how many times have you bragged working sixty hours or seventy? hours? Oh yeah, hours? yeah. yeah like, and all and the time. I
1: felt good. I have like looked back on stuff I've done mm-hmm. and go, holy crap! This week I put in so much work. Yeah. Good job, Luke. I like people. I many, pride
0: yeah. myself when people say like gormley, I don't know how you do it doing these three jobs. Like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, that's because you're not a mortal or you're just a mortal. Unlike me. You know, I I think about that all the time. Like I have such pride now. We're not talking about working hard. We're talking working to exhaustion when we don't necessarily have to. And even now, as you're saying this, like, I want to be like, yeah, but I'm still going to do it. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Well, even no, want to no I know. I mean, like, the. Well, I, I, th- I think it's
1: imp- <laughs> like, this is good to understand ourselves, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'd be the most proud of myself as a principal. It wasn't when I could stop and go, here are the things that I did today. Yeah. It oh, was when I would go, the last bell has just rung and I haven't, and I've barely been in my office. Good for me. You know, like I'm I'm working re- I haven't I've worked so hard you know it's and the day is only halfway through. I haven't even sat at my desk yet.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, and we're all like, oh, good job. That I means you're doing what you know, like as opposed to like what have you actually done? And when you ask that, and now there are times though there are times when it happens, you know, when yeah. you're just yeah. all over the place and and, and and that's but if you actually I think a lot of us could clean up a lot more of our day if yeah. we just got rid of this thing of, like, by doing stuff means I'm being productive, which is a very American thing, I think. Like, I don't think the majority of us actually really care about real
0: results. Now, like, some people do. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. But, I mean, because that's always their, I mean, like, really successful CEOs. That's the thing that they say in my trillion <laughs> business books that I buy like candy They all talk about like specific measurable goals is what 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 gets your company across the finish line. But like, for instance, in parish work or diocesan work or or a lot of like the reason why uh, ministries and missions outside of the parish apparatus, I think, are so appealing is because they're so explicitly and narrowly mission driven. That it naturally within the culture creates uh specific job functions, like you're more of a function uh organ- functional organization than a structural organization, like we are all doing these things because we we're here because we buy into this mission, and I think a lot of people in parish work and diocesan work buy into the general mission of the church, but the whole idea behind it is um. We are like once you get into the parish or or the chancery, so much of what you do is just organ or structural stuff. It's just like emails, and it's it feels less mission focused.
1: Yeah, well, and it's it's again. I I don't um, obviously think that like I don't think Americans are like dumb or lazy. No, I'm just trying to say that I think we have this weird. I'm a cultural yeah. uh, I just got a text from like Emily, and she's watching us on their huge, awesome TV screen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God, my um, nose must look ginormous. I
1: will. I'll text it Luke to you. Yeah, audio what? first. Podcast oh, whatever. First. It's family. No, actually, that's that's actually a um topic that 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 I want to hit. I'm just kidding. You're my first <laughs> love. Thank um, you. Thank you. No, but it's it's that like it's this weird. Um, it it yeah. is a cultural thing that yeah. uh, that uh, that across the board, what we actually um value is. Working hard
0: Which I don't actually think Is the same thing as work ethic Yeah no neither Because you can work hard at spinning your wheels Right like and go nowhere That's the thing is like Everyone should work hard When you're working Right, everyone should do their thing when they're working. Like you should work hard, but that doesn't mean work to the point of physical exhaustion as a or mental exhaustion as a knowledge worker. And that's the only way you derive value. The value is accomplishing what puts the mission forward, not just I worked a lot of hours. You know, like that's what yeah. I'm saying.
1: No, no, I agree. And, I, um... and we all
0: do it because even me saying this, I feel like yelling at me for saying this. Ah, you're just justifying being lazy. What was the line that Dave Ramsey said? I never had a lunch hour in my life. And the whole time I'm thinking, gosh, that's
1: where I get like 90% of my work (laughs) so many
0: lunches. (laughs) But but like,
1: that's what I mean by like, but that's like the other side is this like weird Dave Ramsey, like I'm bragging, like, oh, I've never had like a lunch hour. I'm like, bullshit. (laughs) Like, yes, you have. Yes, you have. You've just chosen to do stuff to make yourself feel good because you're Dave um, Ramsey. And we're all starting to see that
0: like, you know, maybe the emperor has no clothes. You shut your mouth. He is beautiful. He is an asshole. He is perfect. <laughs> How bit. dare you? He speaks truth to power.
1: No, I like I like the things that he has to say. I just don't think you need to be Dave Ramsey-ish about it.
0: <laughs> Dave Ramsey. I would just love it if you said the same thing, but less with your personality. Yeah. Here's the thing. You're aware of your brand,
1: and we all, and we all, and we all know this. And it turns out, it's not the Christian thing to be a difficult person.
0: Weird. Eh, maybe Weird. it is. St. Jerome was a difficult person. <laughs> and they slapped <laughs> an ST in front of his name. Was was he actually? Oh, he was an asshole. St. Jerome is known as the grumpy uncle of the church fathers. Like, if My ever there was a church father. My uncle thought
1: he was St. Jerome. What? I'm just quoting the scene from Ghostbusters. What is it? My scene? uncle thought he was St. Jerome. It's from when she, it's at the old lady. She goes, have you ever had any? Remember the very beginning
0: of Ghost Ghostbusters. No, remember I haven't seen the first Ghostbusters. I've only seen the the second one. No, and you—I told this to you before, and you yelled at me. And I went to go watch it on iTunes that night at like eleven thirty at night, and I fired it up, and to rent was like six ninety nine, and I was like, "Nah, what the hell is wrong with you? I have so many problems. What is wrong? (laughs) How did you? How
1: did? How did? How? You're thirty seven years old. How? I did not not
0: understand the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man for so long because I was like, he never shows up. It's a Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I'm hurting you right now, and I'm sorry. I'm so angry it, at Luke, you right I'm now. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so angry at I'm you. I'm so sorry. Right. I'm I am Vigo. Shall, I am Vigo. It shall rule the earth. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got that. I'm I'm, I'm I, with you no, all day listen. on that.
1: I can quote Ghostbusters 2. Ghost, Ghostbusters 2 is a film that I can quote all day. Because I was in kindergarten when it came out. So in my mind, it is the greatest film ever. And we went and saw it. And my kindergarten, I'm going to crush, was there with her dad. And it was awesome.
0: Yeah. Did you guys
1: talk? I think we said hi to them because we were friends with them. Yeah. I was like, he, hee, Jennifer Zofie, you're cute. I'm in five, I'm five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jennifer, I compare you to a kiss from the rose on the gray. Ooh, the more I get to you, the stranger it feels. Uh, yeah. This will be a thing in six years. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> Seals in the audience. And he hears you say that. And he like, like, right it. it's kid's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> this is gold. pure gold. That, that <laughs> chubby. Actually,
1: when I was five, I wasn't too chubby yet.
0: Yeah. So where were you going with the Ghostbusters? One quote. <laughs> This is a trip down... Oh, it was about
1: St. Saint, Saint Jerome. Don't worry about
0: it. So yeah. St. Jerome was Saint a St. Jerome was a, He was a jerk. He was a jerk. But he kind of deserved it because he was also, like, the super brilliant guy. Right? Uh, they said that every time St. Jerome would have a sexual temptation... Because he used to be, like, super rich, and he would go to essentially the modern equivalent of a strip... Or an ancient equivalent of a strip club, like, all the time. And oh, he no. went out to the desert, and he did this monastic, like, trying to do the hermit thing... And he said, uh, for 17 years I've been in the desert with the only neighbor being the rock, uh, the snake, and the scorpion. And yet in my mind, I'm still with the dancing girls. So then eventually he becomes uh, a, a language master of Greek and, and uh, Hebrew. He goes to Bethlehem, studies under these great rabbinical scholars, right, masters the Hebrew. And they would say every time he would get a sexual temptation, he would go and study Hebrew because he hated it. It was so difficult, because it's such a different language. Semitic languages are so different. And so he would go and study Hebrew, and then this priest who was saying, Father Mitch Bachar was like, and he became the greatest Hebrew scholar in 1,600 years. That guy had a lot of temptation. But no, he was an asshole. There's this letter, um, the letter to Helvetius, who was the first guy in church history to to, um, to question whether or not Mary was a perpetual, lifelong virgin. Um, he says, uh, I'm writing this letter not because I think Helvetius' arguments carry any weight they don't at all he's stupid however he's deceiving my brothers so i'm hesitant to write this because me writing to him would give him too much credibility and he just says stuff like that where he just smashes the guy and then he says now i'm going to take my axe to the root so that this guy who never learned how to speak will at once learn to shut his mouth (laughs) or something like that and then he just rips into him for you know 17 chapters it's beautiful beautiful oh, that's awesome yeah um i uh so saint I, jerome I, I, the dave saint ramsey jerome. of his time <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, it's fair it's
1: fair uh
0: well, we got some good topics coming in from our facebook group jason our ever present ever watchful uh video uh video <laughs> now now we've turned him into our facebook stenographer thank for, you jason yeah. so much what are you guys listening to what are you guys listening good, to? Good question. Let me pull up the old Spotify. I'm going to be honest. I'm very excited that we're
1: about to um, have the summer. And I have a song called um, called Brooklyn in the summer that is my go-to jam for the summer. So excited about that. And I have been listening to the BSI podcast, a great I'm um, Soccer. I love I'm um, Soccer. A podcast where it's like like where it's just the athletes hanging out and they just tell like stories from um back from back in the day and stuff. It's my favorite. It's awesome. It's so good. It's such a it's such a good insight. And like the games often aren't nearly as complicated as we think that that they are. And it really nice. like humanizes them in a way that that I think is great. So nice. And uh NPR has had some really good stuff as well. So I've been I've been listening to them their different podcast and terms in terms uh, and, uh, in terms of music a little bit all over the place, um, just with my with the, with the greatest playlist ever called You Choo Choo, Choose Me. It is
0: on Spotify. It's awesome. Oh, that's right. You can share playlists with people, right? And you've done it. Put that in the Facebook group. I think people would like that. Can you all do right. that, Luke? Yep, yep, yep. Awesome. I'll do it right now. Um, so for me, what am I listening to right now? Um, I have, Apple comes out with an updated playlist called pure chill every Friday, which mm. I actually hate. I loved the pure chill when I started it, but it is, um, or excuse me, pure focus, pure focus. It's background music. It's, 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 uh, Matt Frad's sister did, I think two study albums or like study albums and I have to do a lot of writing. And I have been just playing that in the background. So I don't know any of the songs, but I like them all because they don't make me think about them. Uh, and I don't hear my kids when, when I have it playing. Um, the other thing, I guess, podcast wise, uh, carnivore cast. I've listened to every episode of that. Oh, here's an excellent one that I haven't talked about. Ask N.T. Wright, anything. N.T. Wright is a former Anglican Bishop. He's an Anglican theologian. He's brilliant beyond brilliant. I love him to death. Um, Yeah, what was that line that you said, Luke, with the watermelon? You can eat the watermelon you spit out the seeds. Um, With him, there are very few seeds a Catholic needs to spit out. But I love his podcast. And I just listened to him. A former um, fundamentalist Protestant pastor was losing his faith. And it was right along the lines of, uh, what's the guy, the musician that we had on? Uh, You know, the guy who has the... Deconstructing Christianity podcast. Oh, uh, Derek Webb. Derek Webb. It, it, it's essentially a product. The question was, you know, basically, I'm losing my faith because I no longer believe in the inerrancy of scripture. What the heck do I do with that? Every time I read the Bible, I, I you know, all this stuff. And I thought his answers was excellent. So I listened to a lot of that. That's why also I've been getting back into Galatians and Romans. But, um, and then I listen to Council of Trent podcast, which um there's a guy on YouTube that I watch a lot of, Mike Winger. And he's an evangelical. And every so often he... um Oops, 10 o'clock. Hey, Siri, on turn the my dot, office lights on. the dot, another
1: chop, chicken the beat. Yep. Got a real pretty baby. Dun, 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 dun.
0: Yeah, anyhow. And, and he, <laughs> uh Trent Horn, has gone through um two Protestant... Anti Catholic arguments that are super popular on YouTube, and he just answers them. And so I was just.
1: Is it weird that I'm that I'm I'm bitter towards a lot of the Catholic answer people?
0: I don't know why.
1: I don't know why, but I I was
0: literally thinking about having this argument with you. What do you mean? Because I know you because you carry this bitterness. I don't know why. I know, (laughs) but you carry this bitterness. And I and I literally was walking, I was cleaning my office, getting gearing up for the video feed and i was like now i gotta i if i bring this up today luke is gonna give me crap for like oh you're listening to that oh. <laughs> and in my head i was like you know what luke sometimes people just need clear answers to objections <laughs> and i was going through a whole <laughs> argument with you and then you brought it up that way and i love the fact that you brought it. I up. i don't that know way. but i've always i've always felt this way yeah, but Trent Horn, if you give a. You I don't know him at all. Elbow. I'm sure he's a
1: nice guy. I'm just like, I don't know you.
0: Who the hell are you? Shut the hell up.
1: Like, I know that. I don't know why I'm like that. Literally, <laughs> so you wrong. are saying
0: every word that I thought you would say.
1: <laughs> it's so wrong of me. I don't know. I don't know. Like, perhaps. It's like jealousy. Perhaps it's a thing where I'm like, oh, it's another person from Super Bowl that I don't know who's now trying to talk. To. Who the hell are you?
0: You were an you were an A <laughs> G. Fuck off. Luke. Like I don't know who he is. I'm sure he's very nice. Why do I have this? I don't know. Why do you think you have this? I don't know. It's a part of my life. I can't share with you, honey. Why are you <laughs> like this? I I think it's this I think there's this like little bit of, of um. In my I, I, head, the the argument that you were making to me in my head an hour and a half ago was, it's too much of it. It smacks too much of the culture wars and the us versus them and all this division. But yes, and I, that's part of it. But I,
1: there's like a <laughs> deeper um level to it. Yeah. Like okay, so for example, I think I've told this story bef- before. So if I, am repeating myself, I, I apologize. But when I was a principal. My last year there, they wanted to bring in a specific... It was either my last year or it was my first year. I don't remember which one. They wanted to... We always have a commencement speaker every, every year. And they came to me, and they wanted to have this Catholic speaker that they had heard. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know who he is. No, no. <laughs> like, that's going to just cost money. We're not going to do this. And, and I don't, I don't oh, um, know him. So is he really that good? Do you know who that was? Brian Kissinger. No, it was Matt Fratt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes my I had my never heart heard so of happy. him. And I was like, no, no, I don't know who he is. Like, screw that guy. Like, It doesn't seem I, legitimate.
0: It doesn't sound I don't he's know, from Australia. Like, Do they even have Catholics down there? <laughs> I don't know. I
1: think there was this. I think, honestly, where it comes from, and I could be wrong. I, I think there's this. I, I don't, like, want to be a Catholic apologist to protestants but it, it it could yeah. be that because that was such like a part of my world in high school
0: no you know what it is it's your youth group you don't want to offend your youth ministers because they were then mostly be- protestants no no and I that's where you fell in love and then you take that and you combine it with all your CCM no because i love ate affair up- your tooth and nail love affair <laughs> all of the all the preachers it of knows. the 18 year old kids on the stage at cornerstone are blue festivals. like jazz <laughs> <laughs> You're Donald Millers I, or whoever his name is. I, I, yeah. I think it is um I think I think part
1: of it is there's this thing that when I was feeling called in to ministry back in two thousand and six or so, two thousand seven, I felt very much on the outside because it was Looking a in. thing that all 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 of you guys did and I didn't want to yeah. be copying you and yeah. it just felt weird. You know, and I think I got over it, but there was just
0: this, like, almost like, um, okay, here's here's what it is. Here's what. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I, you know what you should have done at that time. You know what you should have done. There's a perfect song you should have listened to. It's called "Outside" by Stained. It is beautiful. Aaron Lewis sings it, and it's perfect.
1: I think I was a little bit bitter that that did not did not work out. Even though I didn't really pursue it, I, I did it kind of hard, but not as hard as I did. I didn't talk with as many people as. Um, I should have. I just applied for. I I never told anyone that I never told anyone. I just applied for these jobs. Well,
0: now I'm a youth minister. Hope they don't ask me questions about Catholic apologetics. Yikes.
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. I think it was a little bit of like at Steubenville, this was like held up as a cool thing to do. And I think when I got out of school, I was like, that's freaking ridiculous.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) meanwhile, I loved it.
1: (laughs) There was a little bit of just like no place should hold this up as a good career option. And I actually still believe that it should be a calling, not a career option. I, I still think that's a and I, I just think like it's a, it's a calling that that like it, it, that people do have like absolutely in droves. I don't I don't
0: think it's well, his, for the, his um, podcast. The reason few. why. Yeah. The reason why I like his podcast is because he hits a bunch of different things and I don't listen to it. Actually, I'm not a subscriber. I just pop in, you know, two months every two months and I'll listen to like five of them on double speed that hit the topics. But he talks about like, cause he travels all the time. So he talks about travel. He talks about, you know, he's a nerd. So he does all the nerd topics. It's not just apologetics. No, I, I'm sure he's like a really, well, I'm sure he's a very nice guy.
1: I'm sure he's a great person. (laughs) It's just this weird little thing I have. Just go full Southern and say, bless his heart, and then trash him. Bless his... No, I know. I (laughs) I called into Catholic Answers one time because I was like, I want to ask a hard thing for these guys. And I said, this is Luke from Captain Foxes. And the person was like, I don't know who the hell you are. And they were just like, here's Luke. I was like, I don't want to talk to you now if I'm just Luke. (laughs) What did you... Don't... Gosh. What did you say? No, it, no, 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 don't, uh, don't get your, your panties in a bunch. It was, was, no, it was, I a, good it was a good question. I my... it It was a I know, good was question. It was a good question. This is like three years ago. I don't remember.
0: Mm, I think you do.
1: It was, no, 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 no. It was a good question. You would have been happy about it. It was like, oh, I agree with you. And it was kind of, it was, no, it was good. I'm sure they're very nice. I'm saying this is one of my character flaws. I'm not trying to say, I'm not, don't worry. You're fine. You're fine. Luke. Luke, I have done more to help your career in the past five
0: years than anyone else. More than Dave Van Vickle. I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. It's <laughs> more than Matt? Fred. I'm just saying. I doubt it. <laughs> if
1: I hadn't got, I'm sorry. Okay, this is the one time I'm going to pull this card. Who had the idea to do the podcast?
0: You. Thank you, Luke. There's a guy named Brandon. De showdles? You ready for this? He's turning twenty-two mm-hmm. on Friday, April 24th. Oh, will you do you go, me bud. a favor? He's a big fan of the show. Luke, will you do me a favor? Will you sing Brandon Happy Birthday in social Brandon, isolation? Brandon, we're
1: just here today
0: to celebrate you, good sir. <laughs>
1: Sure, you're 21, and you can't be playing kings where you have a rule that every time you drink, you have to say a girl you th- you think is cute. And by the sixth drink, you go, okay, this one girl in my history class just every Tuesday or so wears this outfit, and she looks kind of good. I'm not saying that you need to He's be turning doing 22. That. Oh, that's right, turning so 22. Be, oh, we were doing that. We're doing. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> that. Was the best rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Brandon. Brandon. My good man. My good sir. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Brandon. Happy birthday to you.
0: Good job, man. That's how you do birthdays in social isolation world. Now, everybody, don't get your hopes up. This email came across as we were pulling topics for our our show. Have no idea uh, if that's ever going to happen again. But there you go, Brandon. Um, Hey, our buddy Thomas Yeager asks, what is the virtue of isolation?
1: I don't know, Yeager. Why are you challenging me at 10 o'clock at night?
0: Because he actually wants you to become a Catholic Answers apologist. This is your road. (laughs) This is your right. I,
1: I, I don't want people, I'm not against them. I like them. I just have this weird think... animosity towards those things. And I don't understand why. I'm a broken man.
0: <laughs> well, hey, this is my. I'm sure my Trent thing... Horne's
1: very nice.
0: Dear Jesus. Please I'm Please to... give Luke COVID. Please <laughs> give Luke COVID. <laughs> if you don't, I will, Lord. I have been licking a lot of objects. Why are you objects. so mad at me? I'm not. I just want to move on to the next question. <laughs> oh, sorry. Keep this sucker ahead. moving. So, Luke, what's the virtue of isolation? I don't know. No, come on. Do you? Do you what is so oh, do good mean, that's un- come out of this? And number one, I realize I have been confronted with the fact that I am an emotional eater and drinker. <laughs> oh,
1: okay, okay. So, like, what's? Um, okay, so where's like where's their virtue in this?
0: Yeah, I mean, like when when you can't just do X, Y, or Z as your default things to run okay. and hide. So you- there is this meme that uh, that I saw that I was
1: talking. Oh, with my sister about where it's where it it says I am playing this game with with my wife called why why are you doing it that way and there and there um and there are no winners
0: yeah yeah why are you doing it that way and there are no winners my wife like, showed that to me too absolutely and it just uh like <laughs> you know like me and Aaron
1: kind of had a little bit of a tiff last uh-huh. last night just because you know things boiled over because it's life and we're just stuck we are stuck together, and it just made me realize how much I love her. Like, I love this woman so, so, so much. And even though this and I want to, I need to not be an asshole. And I shouldn't try to pick a fight after I've
0: had three drinks. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. I think about that with um, with Shannon. Like, it was so funny. I had, <laughs> she showed me that meme after I was doing the dishes and I was washing them and cleaning them and loading them in the dishwasher. She says, hey, where are all the bowls? And I said, "Uh, I had to redo how you did the bowls for the washing machine. See, honey, the water starts in the center and sprays outwards and from the bottom up, right? So if you turn the bowls facing the walls, it's not going to work, honey. You need to have the inside of the bowl. And she looked at me, and she's like, huh. And I says like, and, and she goes, where is the blah, blah, blah? And I go, oh, honey, I put that over there. And she's like, it doesn't go over there it goes over here. <laughs> so the whole time I'm, I'm just looking at her and she kind of has this like annoyed smirk on her face. And I was like, Oh no, Oh no. This is the thing that she was talking about. Like we're, there are no winners here, but it, it is funny. So I'll just say like Exodus 90, right? Like it challenged my defaults that I didn't realize were even defaults. And in this case, my default as an extrovert is to just go somewhere and be with people and avoid things. And, um, when you have kids, it is very easy in a world of tablets and computers and Apple TVs and my Xbox One. It's very easy to avoid your kids. It really is. To Excuse me, to avoid my parents' grandkids. It's very easy to do that. And um, so I am trying my best to double down on all the time with the kids. So. I need my introvert time, I need my Shannon time, and I need my kid time. And I'm trying to do that with each kid individually and as a group every day. So that's uh that's some of those virtues there.
1: Yeah, I would say also, um what, like our true selves are coming out. Like this is this is like this is a Domestic thing. Domestic violence is, is on the day.
0: sky rise. Like it is? Yeah. Oh, it's it's oh, sky no. uh, skyrocketing It's on the sky rise. Uh, domestic violence is up because they're like this is who you know like everyone's so stressed and uh, and it really does bring out the 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 rottenness and evil in us. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: and like sorry, and I don't mean that this is our like true selves uh, coming out, but it's when our like the worst parts of ourselves are put to the test. That's the thing that I learned doing uh, doing X's ninety is that. Um, it doesn't actually like um make the stuff that's going on in your life better because you're doing good stuff. It puts like a magnifying glass to it. And it actually makes it worse, you know. And it was and it was really it was really good to be able to experience that and to try to work and to try like work through that and to really acknowledge that, own it, and like put it in God's hands. Okay, like you know what, this is a part of myself that I really don't don't oh, I'm like. I need you here with this. And uh like one thing that's been very obvious for us is like just like like me and Aaron don't have a good communal prayer life to, you know together, and there are reasons for that, and it's the thing that we've like we have um tried to work on, and um not be able to go to mass is like has forced us to pray together, so we did evening prayer on yesterday for Easter, and it was really, really nice. That's all. Awesome. And just different things unlike that are good. So hey, um, do you recall? I'm gonna switch gears really quick. We just we just we just um had a question about what good movies have we watched, and I would like to answer that. But before I do that, I'd like to bring up a little thing to you. We recorded a beautiful ad. Yeah. You remember for last week for Paul for uh Policy Genius? Yeah. And then someone was a little tired. And when we- a certain of someone else Brought up a hey, let's record a really cool thing about some insights I had about the MCU. Someone was tired and crabby towards th- and shut down the conversation pretty quickly. I yeah. made
0: someone else feel stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I made you feel stupid? Yes. I mean no. Yes. Not really. Yes. But- nope. You already said it. I made you feel stupid. <laughs> I win. Do you recall that? I don't know, man. I was pretty tired. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. (laughs) Oh, your thirty-seven point track on. I remember a shadow. (laughs) It was a thirty-five point track. It's
1: a good idea. It's even Aaron's like. Oh, this is kind of cool.
0: Oh man, that's how you know it's true love. She could listen to you go through that and say that's kind of cool. Luke, (laughs) hold on to that girl. She's experienced it. She's experienced it. Are you watching the MCU? So, folks, what Luke is saying is. To walk through the entire MCU in the way exact can... chronological order. No, no, so... no, no, no. If you want to have an immersive
1: experience of the MCU, I think I found the best way to do it of the of the Infinity Saga, of the Infinity Saga. Listen, I, listen. I've lost some steam. I've lost some steam with it. I don't know if we're going to complete it
0: but it is pretty cool. <laughs> what uh, Marvel movies have you watched since last week?
1: We've uh, we've done Iron Man, Iron Man 2, ca- uh, Captain Marvel, Captain America and the first I'm seen from almost every other Marvel film <laughs> despite eight except for Age of Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange, Endgame and Infinity War because mm. if you the majority of the other films the very first of the scene is a thing from the past yeah. so if you take those on the first and we've only done it with like the first of the scenes if you watch that if you watch those in chronological order it's actually really interesting because you so see, you start
0: with thor the dark world because that the opening scene yes. of Thor: of The Dark World is like that takes force, place force, before creation,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And then it just like you mm. a, and it's actually it, it is especially building up to like Iron like Iron Man. You really believe the end, like you feel like he's joining this, this like bigger this like bigger universe by doing that. So yeah. when you have when you have the end credits uh, scene with uh, um, him and. Um, Nick Fury you're like, "Oh wow, he's right. Like we know this bigger world now because yeah. we've seen on um, Captain Marvel, Cat like Captain America and eight first scenes from all these other films."
0: <laughs> so, uh, today me and my family watched Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, I saw I think in the last since we last talked, we just saw Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and we're halfway through Spider-Man. When it hit 7:30, I turned it off no matter where the movie is. Um, So that's how far we've gone in the movies, and my updating is I still think Captain America Winter Soldier is overall the best. Um, Avengers Age of Ultron is the connective tissue for everything before and after. Um, I have a better appreciation for Iron Man 2 and 3 still. I like them. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy was a lot, the first one, was a lot more fun than I remembered like it was just a a fun movie guardians of the galaxy 2 my this time going around uh i liked it a lot less i could appreciate the parts but i felt like it was just like the funny elements in part one times two you know it's like well if we do this drax the destroyer joke twice as much it'll be twice as funny and then you're like uh um but i still liked it i still liked it i um I thought the whole ego, the world planet, it's just funny that he's a brain in the middle of a planet and you blow up a planet, a brain with a nuclear bomb, and you're fine. Whatever. Um, But, yeah, and Doctor... And it also has a talking tree, so, like... Yeah, I am Groot. We are Groot, Luke. (laughs) We are Groot. We are Groot. No, and then, lastly, Doctor Strange. um, I really appreciated Bishop Barron's commentary on Doctor Strange as being... Now, of course, he equates it. In the end, it's Gnosticism. But his whole thing about it not being just like here's a hardcore materialist who has to realize there's a spiritual world. Of course, it's Eastern and Gnostic and blah blah blah. But he said he just thought it was so fascinating that this whole character's worldview is essentially the pinnacle of Western civilization. Everything is a mechanistic atomistic worldview, and all of that is up upended with the introduction of you know magic and multidimensional, blah, blah, blah. So I like that. I like Doctor Strange. My kids liked it. They didn't think, I didn't think they'd like it. They'd seen most, uh, I think the older ones had seen it before, but they all really liked it to the point. My daughter who said, I hate Doctor Strange after watching it this time. She's like, I like it. It's great. So it's cool. It's a cool uh, looking movie. It looks
1: really cool. Oh yeah. And the music in the very beginning. Incredible. If I could add one quick thing about, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 actually tackles better themes but you have to you like have to wrestle with it a bit more because the accidents aren't as strong.
0: Yeah, and I I wouldn't even say I, I don't know. I just it's, just it's just it's just it's such a dumb movie in so many parts. Like the, I remember there's a criticism in the beginning that I think is a constant criticism of the MCU which is right when they have a serious moment they immediately have to make a one-liner and it in, in, in nowhere is that more um is that more apparent in Guardians too? Like, no. Yeah. At the moment something serious happens, they immediately make a joke, and you're like, good lord, can't you just sit with it for a minute? So I thought it was funny, like when Mike, there was a scene where, or not funny, interesting, where the, what's her name, Nebula comes, and she's shooting Gamora, and they crash, and then they become sisters again, and then they look, and there's just a mountain of bones, and you realize those are the bones of Kurt Russell's... Uh, Kurt Russell? Was it Kurt Russell? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You re- it's all his children that Other he found kids. unsatisfactory. Yeah, and then my, my kids were watching, they go, wait, whose bones are those? And I was like, it's the children. The children's bones. But they were adults by then, but still his children. My daughter was like, That's dark.
1: <laughs> um, if you want some non MCU films, uh, we watched the Highwaymen. That was pretty good. Actually, I like that. And we watched Band of Brothers. Um, that was phenomenal. Band of Brothers is... If you haven't watched Band of Brothers, that's... Watch it. Get it. I think HBO is free right now. So get it. It's so good. It's so... You don't see a lot of people watching Game of Thrones. I don't hear a lot of people going through it and watching that again, which I think no, is... I, you know,
0: it's funny because I was Surprising, but not. Maybe Shannon and I should go through Season 1. I don't have... I don't know what's happened. I have zero desire to watch, like, movies and stuff right now. Like, I'm watching the MCU so because I'm, like, trying to come up with something to distract my kids. But No, I know like, what you I mean. Don't, I don't. It's so rare, so little. Like, so there's this, my wife went to bed, like, at, like, eight one night. Um, I think she went up to just do do um, some, get the kids' school stuff ready, and she's like, I'm going to go to bed early. So I was, like, two hours downstairs by myself, and I'm like, I'm going to put on a movie on Netflix, some action movie. It'll be great. And I start watching it and it's a high I don't even know the name of the movie. A lot of action, a lot of craziness and I could care less. I'm just bored. So then I put on YouTube and watch more uh, woodworking videos. And I got aroused.
1: <laughs> I feel really bad about the Trent, about the Trent Horn stuff. Am I a big jerk? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, why would you? Yeah, of course you are. How can one get a skeptical don't make me wife? Feel bad. <laughs> no, 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 you should that means your conscience is working. How can one get a skeptical wife who hates all things MCU to watch them with her husband, who has watched all of them twice without her, asking for a friend? Ryan start Ryan with good and ones. his wife are so funny. I would start... Yeah, don't, don't make her be a completionist. We're completionists. Yeah. We're obsessed with this stuff. <laughs> Just have her watch maybe Winter Soldier, because it's the least complex and most accessible amazing movie i'd also would say thor ragnarok is thor fun Ra- as hell. 100 100 you like you barely everyone know knows anything. who the hulk is yeah, yeah like it's just yeah. you're going And on, like baby.
1: your wife's gonna be like oh cool chris hemsworth he's hot you know like that'll be fine so yeah. appeal to her yeah. worser parts and it'll be
0: fine my wife when we watched uh civil war and it was the scene, the helicopter scene, where Captain America is yeah. holding on. I think I got aroused just by being near her. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> Michael, pause it. Okay, that's not true. But it, it's so funny because he and is so damn Noah handsome. was conceived. Yeah. No, but it was amazing. Like where he was talking about like right before he did that scene, he's off like pumping iron and doing push-ups like crazy. And then they shoot the scene and he's doing this for like a minute. And then it's off, you know, but his muscles are all ripped. Ripped. Do you oh, remember how ang So like uh we
1: so we have this one podcast that I haven't that I haven't listened to in a bit, but called the Incomparable Podcast. Yeah, it's much of like tech writers having to comment on pop old like, stuff, yeah. stuff. And it was awesome back in the day. And they've gotten a little <laughs> bit, like,
0: too woke. So, they're very yeah. exhausting. And I only read sci-fi written by trans. And I was like, oh, gosh. Uh, God. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just I, like mean, God, I mean, God bless them. God bless them. But damn I, I,
1: I understand, like, um, like why they're that way. But, like, I'm trying to remember, like, there's one thing that they said about the about the mcu and i was like i'm out but yeah. um i remember they were all like of course it's the christ thing oh about that part and i was like i don't like any of you <laughs> except for jason <laughs> snell and uh john Syracuse john <laughs> do you remember the one time when he tweeted back at me and we got very excited yeah yeah <laughs> that was awesome amen
0: amen well luke i have to go are we oh we listen to that we're done I think we're done, Luke. We did. I think it. all of our fans we just gotta we just gotta know. It's time. Is this it's the time. end of the podcast? We've done it's it. The end of the podcast. I have to pee so bad and all of a sudden I got nauseous. So Luke, I'm gonna go throw up now. I'm stopping my recording right now. Godspeed. I love you, man. This was fun. Alright, go.
1: We'll <laughs> see you. And that's how we end this episode of Catching Foxes.